Once upon a time, in a land not so far away, there were four princesses. They grew up on the tales of damsels in distress whose strength started with cleaning and ended with being asleep. As they grew in age and beauty, in wisdom and goodness, they came across different stories. They saw princesses who read, princesses who fight, princesses who sail, who have magic ice powers, princesses who were warriors that saved entire countries. The tales they grew up on came to find new meanings. Just when they decided it was time for a journey of their own, the four princesses were stuck in their towers and castles due to an evil plague that cursed the land. Through the powers of truly universal, they were able to meet via magic mirror and converse about the world of Disney princesses and the fairy tales that empower them. Every princess wants to love and be loved, but what does that mean? It doesn't just mean a prince anymore. It means vocation, friendship, community, making our dreams come true. What does happily ever after mean to you? This is truly universal. Welcome back to Truly Universal. Today is a very, very special episode, very close to my heart, because today is a first ever all-female episode on Truly Universal. Uh, And hello, if you don't recognize my voice, this is Meg. I am the host for today. I don't have any other core team members with me, but I do have a returning voice, if you can recognize her from Animal Crossing. Uh, We have Cam here. Hi, Cam. Hey. And then we have two new voices. We have two guests here today, hopefully coming back for others. Uh, we have my future sister-in-law, Amber Grace. Can you tell us a little about yourself? Hi, I'm here because I'm marrying into the family. I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> so, <that why? laughs> um, aside from that fact, um, oh, my name is Amber Grace. Shout out to my students, I am a Catholic school music teacher, and yeah, I just love Disney. Elementary school music teacher. Elementary school. And she dresses like a Disney princess. Uh, And we also have another new voice. We have Angela. So tell us about yourself a little bit. Hi. um, So I study theology at the Augustine Institute, and I've done a lot of work for the Sacramento Diocese for catechesis and uh, teacher resources, and I'm going to be a theology teacher in the Archdiocese of San Francisco. Yeah. Okay, so (laughs) as we like to do on these podcasts, we'll start off with some icebreaker questions. Today, we're talking Disney princesses. So obviously, we have to start and ask, who is your favorite Disney princess? And why? We can start with Amber. <laughs> okay. Um, 
it's 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 hard because I just I love them all, but I can't do that. Um, classic Disney princess classic. answer. <laughs> you love all the creatures. I do. It's true. I have yeah. the hands. I'm holding it. I'm clasping. My ears. Okay, I'm sorry. I'll stop. Um, my but I've decided it has to go based off of like this is really my favorite movie of all time, and I could quote it word word for word. And you can ask Meg because I've done this for her before, and it's uh, it's Mulan. Um, and I know, I know she's not the traditional princess, and that's okay because I feel like she really earned her place. You know, all the the heroic virtue, like the role with her um, with her parents, and she's not the typical, and, and she she's just kind of clumsy and but also very witty. And come on, Leah Salonga, like that's all I gotta say, you know. So. Um, <laughs> The music's so good. Yeah. Her, the reflection, like just, yeah. Mulan. Shout out Leia Salonga, Asian Pacific Islander Month. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Ooh. <laughs> Plug. Okay. Thank you, Ever. How about Cam? Cam? Want to share? Oh, I, I don't know. See, I wanted to say it was going to be Rapunzel, but I think my favorite Disney princess is going to be Princess Jasmine because she has a pet tiger. And I just feel <laughs> like I want a pet tiger. <laughs> I want exactly her tiger. I I want Raja. Like, not afraid to, like, rip someone to pieces, but also so cute and friendly <laughs> and well-trained. So, so you want to be Carol Baskin. <laughs> I mean, if it happens, it happens. <laughs> Just don't kill your husband. Uh, Angela, how about you? Who's wow. your faves? Um, my all-time favorite, they are all great, but I would have to say Belle from Beauty and the Beast because she's not just beautiful, but she's also very smart and she's very family-oriented and people think she's weird, but that's okay. She's very confident in who she is and um, and she doesn't judge a book by its cover and she actually fell in love with the person who was the beast, well, the prince, right? You know, and just the whole overall whole story because you really journey with her and you see the friendship develop and then that friendship turn into love and it's just a beautiful story and they have fun music and she has pretty dresses. <laughs> well, I mean, they all have pretty dresses, honestly. They got to. It's like a Disney princess thing. Like, you got to have a pretty dress. You got to have a pretty dress. <laughs> and if you don't, your fairy godmother is going to make you one. Yes, exactly. it has to be a dress that can be a costume for a child by that Halloween. <laughs> <laughs> That's Always have true. to think of a marketing capitalism. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> uh, I love Belle too. That was like the OG favorite. I think for like a lot of us, it is because like I like reading books. I know that not everyone here does, <laughs> but I like reading books, and I like a princess who reads books, and I like a princess who the villagers are like, "Oh, you're weird because you read. Like you shouldn't read. You're a girl." And it's like, no, everyone can read. <laughs> Equality. I um, read if I want. I can read if I want, and I can read if I don't want. <laughs> That's why there's Audible. <laughs> uh, I think my favorite, and this is weird because anyone who knows me, like I'll dress up like Rapunzel. I have literally a tiara like Rapunzel. Like Rapunzel aesthetically would be my favorite. I watch it over and over again. But if I think about everything, if I think about the music, if I think about the storyline, if I think about the personality of the princess, if I think about their aspirations and dreams, I would say that Tiana from Princess of the Frog mm. is my favorite. Um, I also watched that movie over and over again because of the fact that she 
does like like prince being a princess isn't even on her radar she's just like working really hard she has a great relationship with her parents even though her dad dies in the beginning but spoilers for anyone (laughs) (laughs) insert spoiler oh no (laughs) should have watched a cam that was your homework (laughs) and uh and she just has this very strong tie to her family to her friends um, I really appreciate her friendship with Lottie, who's like richer. She's like a rich white girl compared to a uh, poor black girl in New Orleans that Tiana is. Uh, but they have such a solid friendship. And throughout the movie, she's just working hard. And her biggest dream is owning a restaurant and not just for her own name or for her own sake or for money, but in a remembrance of her father. Mm. And That's so cute. In the end, it's like not even like the like her. She falls in love with the prince. But, like, they're willing to give each other up for each other's dreams. And then they, like, end up being like, well, my dream's not a dream unless you're in it. And I really appreciate that because it's, like, for everyone else, it's, like, that's their dream is this prince that's falling in love. But, like, with Tiana, it's, like, yeah, I have a dream. And that could change a little because of what I've gone through. And so I appreciate that because it's, like, in my own life, being, like, a young adult woman, like, looking at. Like, I have a dream, and I know it can change, and that's okay. And, like, I don't have to be considering society standards. Anyways, sorry. I love that. Well, we'll probably revisit that, too, because I, I love the fact that, you know, like, your dreams can change. Yeah, but really, it's more the realization of what you really desire, right, and how that comes to fruition. So, And yeah. the ending song is with Neo. Yeah. <laughs> but that's also... That's a cherry on top. Right? The, the New Orleans theme, the soundtrack. It's just, anyways. Sorry. Uh, so we talked about our favorite Disney princesses, and every Disney princess has some kind of sidekick, whether it's animal or not, or inanimate object. So who is, or what is, your favorite <laughs> Disney princess sidekick? Oh, Mushu. That's a good one. Why? Because he's so funny. He's so funny. Um, yeah, he's <laughs> well, and then like you know, he's so helpful. Like he and and he he. I think it's also cool that how in Mulan you kind of see his journey too, and how how him helping Mulan really helps him realize you know like fulfill his own. I guess vocation, if you will, right? Because because he is as an ancestor has a responsibility to help her, and right, he's an ancestor, isn't he? Oh no, he's the yeah, he's an ancestor, yeah. or actor the, the guardian ancestor. of the ancestors, or something. Yeah. Something. Like something. He gets to ring know. the gong. Grace, what, what was he? <laughs> a dragon. He doesn't do the lizard a thing. Dragon, not a lizard. <laughs> he doesn't do the tongue thing. Like chemistry. <laughs> what was he? Did you like the? The guardian, right? He was supposed to be a guardian, and then he like done goofed. Like he so messed like up. a B, like a B grade guardian. Yeah, he was. He summoned the real guardian. Yeah, but he broke the he real got, guardian. He got demoted. Yeah, but then when he succeeded, like by him helping Mulan, that also helped him. And yeah, redemption story. <laughs> and he stopped making it about himself. He made it about all about Mulan, and that's what helped him yeah. ultimately. Oh, and the sidekick has a sidekick. That's kind of cool. The cutest little cricket, the lucky cricket. How about you, Cam? Okay, see, I want to say that Raja would be my favorite sidekick. But to be honest, I think my favorite sidekick is, gosh, what's the name of the little chameleon 
lizard Pascal. Pascal. <laughs> like, I like him. He's so quirky. And it's like, oh, you see me? And now you don't. Like and he can control horses. He's a biological, <laughs> like, camouflage. Like, that's so cool. I just feel like that's the best partner. I mean, I might not read, like, Rapunzel, but I definitely would love to play hide and seek with him. <laughs> that would keep me entertained for fun. all those hours. Yeah. Yeah, Pascal is the cutest, and he's just a supportive friend. I, he's just supportive. It's just great without being a yes man entirely. Like he kind of, he will show you with his face or not with his yeah, face. Yeah, like shake things up. He okay, shows yeah, his true colors. Yeah, he'll, he'll literally show his true <laughs> colors. That's how I do. Anyway. <laughs> um, my favorite, I think, is hard. See again, I love all. Um, but I, I had to give the shout out to the ones that you wouldn't expect. And uh, this was me studying the Disney movies again. Um, but I, I liked, I like Hey Hey, <laughs> the chicken. Ah, you know, he just had those but... redeeming moments, and he was just so loyal and was very key to the story. He just wanted to be there. They wanted to just cook him and just eat him. I think that you know, like Moana wanted to protect him, and it's the same way that I feel about like Gus Gus from oh, like Cinderella. Like, that's what I would look for in a, a good sidekick would just be that loyalty. Like, it's like, don't, don't, don't do that. <laughs> yeah. Well, see, Gus, Gus, that's loyalty. Hey, hey, just kind of wandered on the boat. I don't know. Like, like, there's, like, he's not written to have any kind of conscious being. Like, at least, like, Gus, yeah, Gus. Hey, hey, like, yeah. hey, hey, like, almost killed himself multiple times. It's not really, like... And he doesn't know how to eat. And now, hello, that's my favorite hobby. Like, yeah. <laughs> really? Hey, hey. The them. ocean kept protecting Hey, hey and bringing... It back. There's some value there for some reason. And I'm well, going to fight for him. Goodness in the fact that he exists, I suppose. <laughs> <laughs> this is my role as a Disney princess is to defend all creatures. <laughs> <laughs> Classic. I would... Not be a great Disney princess. Um, so, on that note, I've heard people talking a little bit about outfits and dresses. So, you don't all have to answer, but do any of you have a favorite princess outfit? If not outfit, do you have a favorite princess talent of choice? I.e., Snow White's really good at cleaning and sleeping and eating apples. She shouldn't. Uh, <laughs> Tiana's good at cooking. Uh Let's see. Uh, Mulan is good at being a princess warrior. Uh, Rapunzel can do everything. She's kind of a renaissance woman just for being in quarantine. Her and Tyler. So take the opportunity now, everyone. So favorite princess outfit or favorite princess talent? Okay. All of their outfits are all really cute. I mean, come on. Can you really pick one? (laughs) That's that's part of being a princess is that you have the pretty outfit. I I would say, okay, I'm I'm not a big reader, but I wish that I had the princess ability to read a lot of books because because like Belle, she reads fast too. You know, that's <laughs> part of my problem. I'm like, you know, I would like to read more books, but it takes a lot of time. You know, I have a ton of books that I'd want to get to. But we're so related. Yeah. <laughs> well, I guess I do like how Rapunzel can do everything. Yeah. By seven, by seven fifteen, she does a lot of stuff. And then by seven thirty, maybe I want to just be a morning person like Rapunzel. Is that like so much to ask for? Same. Can that be my like talent? Is being a morning person? That would be because I don't want to read like her. I explicitly do not want to read. Can I just like swing by my hair all day or like make candles she- and play Modern. hide and seek? 
But you just like, want Pascal. <laughs> I just want to play hide and seek with Pascal and paint walls. Is that so hard? <laughs> she has space. She doesn't look at painting the floor. That bothers me so much. <laughs> What's I don't know how easy it would be to paint on the floor when you know you got to let it dry. You'd be stuck in one place for a really long time. Well, no, like she paints it one- stuck in one place for <laughs> really long time. <laughs> Like she paints in one corner and then the next day like paints in another corner when it's even dry. smaller corner, yeah. <laughs> a quarter a day. She has all the time in the world. <laughs> I personally love Belle's outfit. Like uh for my birthday bachelorette, I I just love the color yellow and I just wanted to be Belle. And then I asked Meg to be Rapunzel and everyone else to be Rapunzel. But if I had to choose a talent, I want to be as uh, what's the word I'm looking for? I want to have the the endurance of Pocahontas because she like Ooh. runs super fast and she's just like I'm a, I'm about to just you know I don't want to take the long way I'm just gonna jump off this cliff real quick and then like have a perfect dive and I just want to have that quickness you know just Pocahontas everyone the, the endurance that I've never had as a child because I was never an athlete <laughs> but that's okay. <laughs> Uh, let's see. Uh, for those who don't understand what Amber was talking about, she had a bachelorette party and asked all of us bridesmaids to um, Disney bound as different Disney princesses that she chose for us. That's it's really cute. She actually chose like gave us necklaces according to Disney princess that she chose for us when she asked us to be bridesmaids. So it's like it's a a deep meaning there. It was uh, amazing. So it was, it was a fun time. We got a lot of special treatment because she had a soon to be bride. And then everybody, like all of the guests, even like the children, the, or their parents and everyone, they would like count each princess. I'm like, oh, that's Rapunzel. That's Jasmine. That's, who else did we have? Well, that's Tiana. Yeah. Like, anyways. Best day ever. I think my favorite outfit. Oh, this is so hard. I love the yellow bell dress. Um, oh, they're so <laughs> That's cool. why I went with Superpower, because all of them are really pretty. Elsa's all of Elsa's outfits from the, the first change. and second movie, and her hair because I used mm. to have that color. Ooh. So, on to my favorite segment: Would you rather? So I did this with the superheroes, and obviously that's a very different culture than Disney princesses. Or no, but no, I think it's the same. By princesses or heroes? Uh, it's owned by Disney. So I'm gonna go through three would you rather scenarios, and you tell me which one, which of the two options I give you, you'd rather have, and why. So the first would you rather is would you rather have a fairy godmother's or a mother's slash fairy godfather slash spiritual guide or would you like to have a magical object slash magical feature so examples being a spiritual guide would include like grandmother willow or mama odie or the wisps for merida and in um brave uh a magical object example would be like rapunzel's hair that's like a magical feature or like a magic mirror or like the enchanted castle and beauty of the beast as is in its entirety so uh would you rather have fairy godmother slash father slash spiritual guide or a magical object slash feature beauty and the beast all the way because they are both they're like all the magical things in the castle like they're also like you know they're also kind of serve as spiritual guides like Mrs. Potts, she's wise, you know. She was very wise. She been it. Yeah. That would make 
quarantine more fun because all of your oh, yeah. house would be like talking to you. <laughs> you're never but what if you're like sleepwalking? Wouldn't you be a little scared? <laughs> <laughs> Well, and then, and then you know, like for dinner, like you'd have a dinner and a show. That'd be so much All fun. The time. And you eat the show. And you eat the show. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like some some of the enchanted castle people, like they got some dope jobs. Like Lumiere is a candle. Like you need that. But like if I was Keeps like once, like a human, and then I have to be a spoon, Keeps and I'm like, really, that's all I have left for me right now hey hey there is dignity in every single object there i cannot eat soup with a fork <laughs> a spoon is necessary but so, and then the spoon would be excited <laughs> to be used because they're just be like yes i'm using my purpose i uh, imagine if you had tools exactly. that were that how about um let's see cam cam have you said anything yet um about- i don't know i think i want a spiritual like guide because if it's an object i lose things pretty easily <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I understand that, like, Rapunzel's hair is magical, but, like, how's a homegirl not ever feel like dyeing her hair? She has blonde hair. She doesn't got to use bleach. She could have dyed her hair blue. And, like, I just feel like I just don't have that. Like, I I feel like I would just want to, like, dye my hair and I would lose things. And, I mean, having a castle would be cool. But then, like, I don't know. If I have, like, a person who follows me, like, imagine having, like, what's her name? Grandmother Willow? Yeah, Willow. Like, I can have a cool Lola with me, like, all the time. Okay, well, which is not Grandmother Willow doesn't follow Pocahontas. <laughs> oh, no, 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 Grandmother Willow. What's her name? Who's the, who's the old lady in Moana? Mama Odie? Oh, no, shoot. Her. No, in um, Moana, it's actually her grandma, but she passes away. And... Does she have a name? Or no? She's just the crazy uh, ocean lady? She was the crazy, crazy ocean. No, grandma. <laughs> and then she became like a stingray, which is what she wanted to become. But yes, I just want my Lola with me. Oh, Because I just feel like, I mean, that's something really spiritual. There's something spiritual and kind of magical about mm-hmm. that. And I feel like I would actually take her advice if it gets someone I know. Because, I mean, I know Jeannie and all, but like, at the end of the day, like, oh, you've known me for how many days? She's kind of known me my whole life. So I kind of <laughs> trust her. And then with Jeannie, like, the teen angst will come out of, like, you don't know what it's like to be human. (laughs) (laughs) You don't understand me. Let me put you back in your lamp. (laughs) Amber, how about you? Um, I think for the same reasons that I did not consider until Cam said it, I I do tend to lose things. So, uh, uh, (laughs) Meg can uh, confirm. Um, (laughs) It's dangerous. Um, So, I think... Uh, and be, being an extrovert, I would love to have somebody by my side that I could just tell things. And if I was in true Disney fashion, that I had a spiritual guide and I just wouldn't listen to them. <laughs> but they would still be there and I would talk to them and have that advice. Uh, but at least having a spiritual guide would at least give me some direction. Because I feel like all of us need that, you know. And yeah, I, I'm thinking of um, like like Sebastian, you know. But Ariel doesn't really listen to him very well. But uh <laughs> You know, having some kind of conscience. I mean, I know Pinocchio's not a princess, but Jimmy's like having some kind of, He's a boy. Some kind of somebody there. Voice of reason. I choose that. I just really want a puppy. So I'd love, I'd love you want a magical, little brother? I'd, I'd love a magical puppy. Oh, it doesn't have to necessarily be. Yeah. But of the ones that exist, I think I, I think I'd be in the boat of Enchanted Castle because that that is protection. 
and that yeah. emotionally and physically. <laughs> well, and you kind of get both, right? Because the Enchanted Castle, like, I don't have to worry about losing them because they are able to find me. <laughs> <laughs> and they, wouldn't they be able to find whatever I lost because I lost? Yeah. Like, I would just call out to the spoon and the spoon would come to me. What if the spoon is asleep? What if the, what if the spoon is busy feeding someone else? <laughs> okay, next, would you rather? Would you rather have an official Disney princess lineage? So like Anna and Elsa, uh, Sleeping Beauty, or Aurora, Cinderella, or not Cinderella. Um, Snow White. Snow White. Or Merida. would you rather be one of those princesses that started from nothing and kind of earned the title of Disney princess, like Mulan or Esmeralda or Meg. Not that the other Disney princesses don't earn it, but like work their way up to it. Started from the bottom, now we here. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like I want to start from nothing because I don't know. I Maybe just personally, I feel like if I came from like a princess, like, like a royal lineage, I feel like I low-key would be a spoiled brat, you know? And I would have this like <laughs> expectation that like life is laid out for me. And I don't know. I feel like starting from the bottom kind of helps you build some character. Come on. You act like Mulan would have been all like happy just wearing dresses all the time and everything. No. She wanted to like be tough. She got to do all those things. Plus, I don't really like wearing dresses. And I feel like that would stress me out. <laughs> I want the leggings plus like long shirt thing that Elsa got going on. Like yes. that sounds like a happy medium, like flowing in the wind, but also I got leggings. We're covered. <laughs> no, I'm like sorting through outfits in my brain. I think yeah, um, me too. <laughs> I think I want to go like the the Rapunzel route, where like I didn't know I was a princess, but I realized that I am later on. Like, because yeah. ah, so, I feel like that's kind of the nature of all of our lives at some point where we didn't know yeah. who we truly were and you know in the eyes of god recognizing our own worth as daughters of the king type of thing so i feel like that would make a lot of sense in yeah so i'll go to the lost princess the lost princess oh yeah i like that well i mean there, and there's a couple of princesses like that too where they you know they they were kind of stripped of their title in a way and then they they rediscover it I like that a lot, but I also really like Meg. Um, She's like, just kidding. I feel like, <laughs> oh, I like you too, Meg. <laughs> um, Meg from Hercules. She's, I like her a lot because I feel like, um, you know, like she wasn't seeking it. I don't think she really like cared to be a princess. It's like it just kind of happened because. You know, like in her journey to, she was heartbroken and, and then she, you know, was a prisoner and then, but then she was able to fall in love again and experience like, you know, redemption and, um, yeah. And then in the end, like, you know, that, that, that was, that was ultimately what she was going to be because she fell in love with Hercules and then, Yeah. Became a princess. Doesn't matter how we become a princess, we are princesses. Yes, exactly. <laughs> ultimately, what we love is like that transformative moment that these princesses go through. Like, regardless of of whether they started off that way, whether they're lost princess, mm -hmm. whether they like earned the title, like what we appreciate 
is that journey of finding yourself, right? And I think that's something we could all definitely agree on. And that brings us to our next would you rather. So every Disney princess, they kind of have a quest going on. I mean, that's just like how heroic narratives work. Like that's just like literature. That's just how storytelling works. They all have to have a quest. If they didn't, story. <laughs> these quests tend to vary. So we have like Rapunzel, who is just like finding herself, um, finding out more about herself because she knows nothing, finding where these lights come from. We also have princesses like Jasmine, who aligns alliances with like Aladdin to save her kingdom from Jafar. And we have other princesses that may end up being like saving the entire world. Like we could say like Meg probably helps save the world from not just Greece, but the world from from Hades. And so if you were a Disney princess, would you rather have a save the world quest or a find yourself quest? I like the ones where it's both because really like in the end, like in the process of like realizing that you have to contribute and, and, and you realize your responsibility to give back and to, to, to work towards the greater good or the common good. Right. Like in that, in that journey itself, oftentimes the heroine finds herself too, because she finds her purpose. She finds out like how she can also, you know, use what she's been given and, um, you know, and then also like, I mean, obviously in, in the, in the quest of finding oneself, they also realize what they're called to do with the life that they've been given, you know, like, and then they overcome the, you know, then they also struggle with the villain and in, in Queen Elsa's journey to finding herself and, and, um, accepting who she is and accepting her gifts and learning more about it. And in the end, she realizes that, that her and her sister are called to, well, Frozen 2 ultimately, right? You, you see how there's supposed to be a bridge and, and they bring these two worlds together and then there's reconciliation between the two because they, they realize who they are and and that brought peace to, to everybody, not just their own particular relationship. Mm-hmm. It's like the St. Catherine of Siena quote, be who you're meant to be and you'll set the world on fire. And yeah. so it's like, be who you're meant to be. And <laughs> you'll save the world. <laughs> I think um, I have to go back to my favorite. I have to go back to Mulan. But, you know, it was funny, too, because like when she originally signed up to go for her dad, it wasn't, you know, wasn't necessarily to like save all of China. But it was really just that one reason of, of protecting her her father um so her out quest like like angela was saying angela was saying about it being both she's like oh what if i was wrong what if this was actually i just wanted to prove that i was doing something right i was like oh but it is a lot of that that journey um to by by doing things for others by loving outwardly where we are able to find find greater knowings or have greater knowledge of ourselves um so yeah i don't know see i, I think i would want to just go and find myself because I feel like that's me now, right? But saving the world's a lot of pressure. <laughs> I just feel like that's a lot of pressure <laughs> knowing that the world's on your shoulders and that things could go wrong. And instead of, like, finding a solution, I feel like I would freeze. I'd be like, wait, okay, Hans, can you, like, give me, like, a couple days to, like, figure this out? <laughs> like, give me a head start. Hans, <laughs> honey, just, like, pause. <laughs> honey, like, no, Hans, honey. <laughs> Not today. I'm having a really bad day. Can we try tomorrow, Rain Chuck? <laughs> <laughs> but yeah i feel like finding myself i mean i feel like 
that'll help in like other parts of my life, right? Knowing like who I'm meant to be, like what I'm called to do. Wow, this got really, really Catholic. But like, I wonder why. (laughs) (laughs) We should bring this up to the truly universal core team. (laughs) Talk about more Catholic things. (laughs) They're all Catholic. They just didn't know it yet. Okay. But I don't know. I just feel like fighting yourself, it just kind of shapes like everything else, you know? Like, okay, you save the world, and then what? Now you want to go find something else. You want to save your country. Now you want to save the world. I just want to make it to tomorrow. I just want to, like, <laughs> be able to finish my projects and know what I should do so that I don't, like, ruin my life. I don't know. <laughs> fair, fair. <laughs> but I think that that's beautiful, though, right? Because I mean, you, even, even in our own lives, sometimes... I mean, actually, majority of people are called to this more quiet, like hidden vocation of just the day to day. But we still need to be on this journey to to discover who we are and where we fit in this larger picture. And ultimately, like, you know, the more we know ourselves, the more we get to know like what we're made for, like our, our ultimate, like what our telos is. And and in that, I mean, it's still is a beautiful contribution to to the greater story but but yeah like there's so much i mean saint catherine again wonderful saint always talks in her dialogue about self-knowledge and how how important that is because really you can't really fulfill your vocation until you come to know yourself better and you know yourself better by knowing god and and the one who created you and the one who gave you your purpose and who calls you and uh so so yeah i mean that that really is where it starts right and then all these people who do go on this quest to save the world i mean he's not a princess but even hercules he can't save the world until he recognizes who he is Mm -hmm. um and so and everybody who does go on that journey they can't really do that bigger goal until they first arrive at and realize that they need to they need to you know find out who you are like it like like moana i know your name and that's that's just like the beautiful thing about like the Disney princess universe, right? They have all these different stories. They have all these varying goals in mind, like like and even though it sh- maybe it changes throughout the journey, like they have all these different like starting places and all these different ending places. And so it reaches out to different people, to different audience members in very different ways. Like even just in the beginning of this podcast, we're talking about who's our favorite princess. And like we each have our favorite for different reasons. And that's a that shows like our own desires of our own hearts and how that's been heard by these disney princesses or the writers behind these disney princesses um and so the princesses hear us <laughs> and so they like disney princesses have this strong effect on their audience like even like like and you don't have to be a girl to be influenced positively by a disney princess um i remember like during my like debut i would i i this shows my age but when when I was 18 Tangled came out that summer and so I just made my court watch it over and over again and it was very inspirational for the women in my court but also the men in my court they're just like yeah like I want to find my dream like like the 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 ugly duckling or yeah the snuggly duckling duckling. scene like finding your dream like that's forever and it's not just any princesses so like as we've we're grown up ish women <laughs> <laughs> i like being a grown up grown up ish woman and women 
So what have we seen the effect of Disney princesses on audience members, on on us and like on people in general that we've encountered? I think growing up um, every year I had the whatever the whatever princess came out that year that was my costume that fall or that Halloween and you know you find the wonder you just um at least for me personally finding seeing the wonder in in the story um like finding the reasons to relate to them even if they weren't necessarily like the the official Disney princess um but just like these these stories of women but but I'll even like a lot of the original ones um like the there's something captivating about it, right? There's something captivating about the the beauty in it. I think children are naturally drawn to, um, you know, like as a music as a music teacher, like I and being able to see all of, um, when I come to school and those are the songs that the kids want to sing right away. Like, why can't we have a Disney concert? Because we can't have a Disney concert five years in a row, but we could if we want to. But <laughs> even I have to say we have to stop. Um, but I just, you know, I think um, that's kind of. Uh, at least in that childhood light, you know, just kind of gives you that sense of wonder. I'd say that it kind of has like this two-edged sword because on one hand, um, you know, it, it Disney has a beautiful way of yeah creating that wonder, right? And um, so like the, I think about the classic Disney princesses where the, some of the, the princess is really the whole movie is just about them falling in love with this prince mm-hmm. and then it's happily ever after. Mm-hmm. And so in a way it's kind of, um, I feel like it's kind of dangerous and in a way has in some ways negatively affected women to think that, Oh, they were, we're supposed to search for this perfect fairy tale love, mm-hmm. um, which doesn't happen in real life. But at the same time, like that's, that's a beautiful desire that we have as women is, is to have this this fairy tale and to to be loved and for for this love story to to be just as beautiful and exciting and so it but it but yeah it's a two-edged sword because um you know you can kind of look at both sides and and run with it in in two totally different directions i don't know like yeah. um because there's no such thing as happily ever after. Well, unless you get to heaven. I mean, that is the happily ever after. And not everyone's destined for marriage. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like, you know, like once you get married, you know, like then the movie ends. No, like that's still part of the journey. Unless you, you know, you end with with the the wedding banquet in heaven that we're all destined for. Mm-hmm. Then then that is the happily ever after. Or, or but, watch the sequel when they have not. rebellious kids. And they're like, <laughs> I did this. <laughs> Little Mermaid too. Yeah, all that. Yeah, <laughs> right. Oh, Little Mermaid, I think was was the had the worst effect on. I remember my niece watching Little Mermaid, and it was already old, like she's, you know, Little Mermaid was um, my sister in law's favorite movie, so she showed it to her daughter, and she would watch it over and over. And my my niece was obsessed with the movie, and it always bugged me how the Little Mermaid was so disrespectful and so disobedient over a guy she didn't even know <laughs> she gave but up he her was voice cute. that was the worst her, message. that was her justification like what does he have to offer beautiful babies like that's it <laughs> i don't know i just remember like i i felt like my niece was starting to get a little more ratty after watching that movie so many Six times it justifies it and it's like i'm a high school teacher man like i i watch this and i'm just like 
classic 16 year old i think you're so smart but daddy i love him i don't know him thinking you know what love is you see how quick he turned away for a girl with a with your beautiful voice did not even know your your voice exactly didn't even recognize you you? (laughs) did he really love you that you were willing to give up your family give up give up your life change yourself no, no. You gave that's up your not voice. Love. Definitely not. Plus, let's be real. She wanted legs. Yeah. Legs aren't even that great. I know. She, she, does she know she has to shape? Like, <laughs> come on. This was a game changer. <laughs> I don't know. I think when I think of like Disney princesses, though, like, I feel like it gave me, yeah, I mean, kind of around the same thing. Like, it gave me this unrealistic expectation. Mm-hmm. Not about like guys and like this happy ever after, but I think it kind of gave me this unrealistic expectation of like, Oh, okay. If I if bad things happen to me, some fairy godmother's mm-hmm. gonna show up and fix things. I mean, I think it can have like good. And effect, did she right? ever come? <laughs> no, I had me. <laughs> and God, and God, and God, and God. But you know, he didn't show up making me pumpkin carriages, and that's okay because I don't like pumpkin that much. So maybe he was doing me a favor. <laughs> but but then I had like good things to taught me, right? Like every princess had their own cross, right? They all had something they had to face, and some type of adversity. But in the end, like, they were able to see how fruitful that was. And I feel like that had, like, a good thing, right? So, like, as a kid thinking, like, okay, all these, like, bad things are happening, yada, yada. But then, like, they're going to lead to something, like, really great. I think, like, the idea of the goal was really, like, really positive on my childhood. But I think the idea of, like, what it meant to reach that goal was probably, like, not the best. Like, yeah, I had to have this happily ever after. And someone magical was just going to show up in my bedroom and I wasn't going to question it. <laughs> Yo, y'all never had privacy? <laughs> y'all couldn't <laughs> Could it hit me up on the phone? Give me a little text? Tell me you're going to show up? <laughs> right? They out here, they aren't even sliding in their DMs. Like, they're just sliding in. They're just sliding in my room. <laughs> um, excuse like, me. I don't let just anyone see me in my panto look. In my pajamas. <laughs> In my princess pantu look. <laughs> princess PJs. Yes. I, I think um like going going back to what you were saying, Cam, about how like they're that part of the, the Disney princess this is me trying to I want to still see the I, I agree with like the, the negative aspects of it for sure. But also like there is those those stories, you know, about how how they were able to persevere through those different moments. And like the I think the most desirable traits about the princesses are their, their ability to, to find the good in all things you know being able to have those different heroic virtues those those different values that they had like because they had you know their mom that taught them kindness you know before she became you know before the mom passed away or something or uh, something that their father had taught them um just like all of those uh those things that they carried with them when you know when they went out on their journey was something that um you know, something I think we were all able to take away, even though like some of the princesses of the past were not the most ideal because they slept through most of it. But, <laughs> you know, but like, I think as, as Dizzy progressed, I think they've also saw that that, you know, kind of toxic narrative. They were able to kind of adjust to, to create, you know, that that better molds. But I think looking at just being able to see the good, you know, that that that's something that women are able to to show and i think that's something very very key to these princesses and ultimately like we just look at the the disney princess effect and it, it does have that double-edged sword of like yeah like there's there's gonna be kids that 
that don't see all these like hidden meanings within the movie and just see a princess, a pretty dress, marries a guy. And it creates this um, this like kind of narrative. And it, it's it's hard because when we're adults, we're looking back on this and we're looking at these Disney princesses and we're like, oh my gosh, like there's just all these like transcending themes of like seeking truth and like finding goodness and, and figuring out what true beauty is. And like, we can see that now. And it's like, but like how many points in our life in the past have we, have we, <laughs> or like, why can't I just have like that instant like fix? Mm-hmm. Like, and and or like why it, maybe if I do find like the right guy I'm going to feel loved and I'm mm-hmm. going to have the courage to do all the stuff that a princess does um not remembering that you know like you find that within yourself and so but these Dis- Disney princesses though like 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 what Amber said they've evolved you know they go from sleeping for 80 percent of the movie uh to <laughs> um I have no problems with that that is my goal how are you a princess and all you do but is I sleep? just think Snow White should be about the dwarves I mean they did a lot of the heavy carrying in the storyline literally in their name <laughs> um but anyways and so we like these Disney princess stories, they've evolved. They've evolved to teach like the finding of yourself comes before the falling in love. The falling in love part comes later on. It's not like the instant we I saw you or like I heard you sing and wow. Like, you know, like it it comes later and like the, those things like fit like Flinnegan Rider, Finnegan Rider and, and Flynn Flynn Rider. Flynn Rider and Rapunzel. <laughs> Flynn Rider and Rapunzel or like Aladdin and Jasmine, like the falling in love happens a little bit later after getting to know each other. Um and like mm-hmm. like finding themselves. I think also after they start to like not even just I mean along that line, kind of like after they are investing in like working on themselves first, you know, and then they come. Yeah, and like the love interest like invests in them, like sees like oh, I'm going to help you make your dreams come true, or like I'm going to help you on this quest, and that's like I want you to be your best self. Yes. Think, think Frozen Two, Kristoff. You know, my love is not oh. fragile. Like, yeah. yes. <laughs> oh, that's yes. so good. Like, and especially Anna is just like that. Yeah. That prime example. I mean, poor girl. She was. She lived out shelter in place her entire life you know with she no one with no one she didn't yeah. have anyone to process with so of course maybe she was watching one too many or reading one too many disney and films then she fell for the first guy first guy that said hey marry me we just met which you know that was something the disney narrative used but to they be finish each other's sandwiches and, Come I, on. and like that's like the perfect rebuttal to like the past of disney princess narratives mm-hmm. they're just like we're this is like so meta like Within this princess Disney story, we're going to show everyone what happens when you buy into the old narratives of Disney princess stories. Mm-hmm. You fall in love with the first guy you meet, and it ends up working out bad. Yeah, <laughs> but even like how, like, um, you know, when you're ta- like how before, like oh, I'm just going to wish and I'm going to wait for things to happen. Like, like Cinderella, you know, a dream mm-hmm. is a wish your heart makes. Like, I'm just going to keep dreaming, and it's going to happen, right? But then like Tiana, just like let's okay, you can wish, but like I also need to, I need to work hard. I need to. To, to grow in that too so that's it's like still being able to yeah just watching that evolution happen is it's good it's, yeah, yeah yeah well i was gonna say i think that there still needs to be that balance right because i mean even if we think about in in our own personal journey like what we can learn from that right like there needs to be both because on the one end we know that things aren't going to happen on our time no matter how hard we work at things and it, whether or not um 
you know, our our vocation, maybe if we're called to marriage, right? Even if even if our vocation to marriage, it doesn't happen on our time. So as much as we hope for that and we pray about that, that doesn't mean that the guy, the prince, whoever it is, is going to show up, right? We still have to journey with the Lord and we still have to figure out our vocation or our, our secondary vocation. We still have to work on, on all these daily things and be obedient and give our yes every day. Um, but at the same time, we know that it's, it's not on our time. And so we go through relationships and we date and discern with other people. And sometimes they work out, sometimes they don't, but there's still the waiting and the, the patiently waiting and the hopefulness and, and knowing that God's providence is, is, um, is ultimately like what we have to trust in because, because, you know, like all in God's time, we're going to find the person who we're meant to be with if we are called to marriage. Um, and, in a way, we don't really have much control over that aspect, right? But like, that's what I really do appreciate about Tiana, who, um, you know, goes after, works for her dream, and in that, as she's, you know, um, as she's focused on on who she is and and working hard to achieve her aspirations, um, you know, and, and being faithful to that, she doesn't have to separate that from the finding somebody and then building a relationship with that somebody. And then, you know, the two vocations being complementary, Right. And I think that that's, that's why, you know, like both the classic Disney Cinderella princess, there's, there's still value in the, you know, every day you got to cook and clean, you know, like that's, <laughs> we have to do that. Right. Like, you know, and at the same time, like just uh, we have to work on ourselves for ourselves so that we're ready for, for whoever it is that God calls us to discern with. And then ultimately who we're called to begin our vocation with. And so there needs to be both, yeah. right? Porque no los dos, princess and warrior. <laughs> yeah. Sleep and not Porque a sleep. No los dos. <laughs> <laughs> sleep and also Porque no los dos. Uh, and so, yeah, there is, there's, there's a lot of negative effects of Disney princesses, right? I mean, we, we, we see that throughout the, like what we've talked about now, there's like some negative effects to like the classic Disney princesses and to the princess narrative. Um, you end up with Christian speakers, women speakers who only talk about marriage and nothing else. And like that confuses someone in terms of their discernment. Um, but we also see the value of fairy tales in general, the value of the journey that these princesses take on. And from what I can hear from our conversation, not just the evolution of the princesses themselves and their storyline, but the evolution of how they come upon their desires, right? The evolution of what those desires are, how they listen to those desires. Um, and so for a lot of princesses, it translates the early ones. It was like it translated to happily ever after. That was the desire, whatever that meant. And, but it changes. Like, like we talk about, we keep bringing it back to Tiana. Tiana. Uh, <laughs> That that yeah. desire changes. Um, and even though there's people who are get I, I I fall for this too. Like I get stuck in my discernment. Like, well, like I just what if God makes me do something I don't want to do? And I forget that idea that that's not what vocation is. Vocation is some is God works with your desires. Your desires don't end at nothing. And so the same thing goes with these princesses, like finding how to put these desires together. How to, how to listen to the desires of their heart and listen to it as a calling from God and how they they make sense of those things, how they then recalibrate themselves to, to, to not only listening to their desires in their hearts, but changing the lens of listening to their desire in their hearts um, as God intended those desires to turn out to be. And so 
I want to talk about what the value of of these of these fairy tales are, like with the value of desire, what desire means for people who grew up watching Disney princesses, um, what desire means for us as Catholics who grew up watching Disney princesses. Thoughts? Well, I want to say that, um, you know, the the desires don't really change because ultimately everyone desires to be happy. Right. Like that's that's part of. But the human heart desires happiness and that's that's what God desires for us, right? And and I think that the journey is mainly about the the princesses understanding that better. And so even in the evolution of princesses, you know, like there was there was a development of what happiness really is, you know, like so it's not just the getting married, right? And and I think that, and so maybe actually this is my first time realizing that there's value in the sequels. I usually don't watch the sequels because they're never as good as the first one. Like, you know, like Ariel who wants Move to become on. a human and then her daughter wants to become a mermaid, you know, like, like, well, you know, anyway. Um, but I think it's more so like understanding what happiness really is and the source of happiness so in our own lives right like okay we can think about um yes in a sense once we do realize our vocation there is a great happiness that comes in that doesn't mean that there's no more work or there's no more challenges or you know that doesn't mean that that adversity won't happen anymore but there is a level of happiness that you have reached more so than um what you had prior to that. Right. And so, so marriages, once you, and none of us are married, but, um, but yeah, once you begin that vocation, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, got somebody close. Um, so, but once you begin that vocation, that, that that's, not, that's not the end. That's not the end. And I think that talking about those desires, like, like Meg mentioned that, that, God gave us these desires because God desires our happiness too, more than we do. And God knows more than we do what will make us happy. And uh, bringing up Tiana again, who had this goal of of being successful. um, And at the same time, she fell in love with somebody and and realized that those two can go hand in hand. Um, I think about what the uh, Leon Bowen said, shout out to her Catholic artist from the Fresno diocese. Um, she said something along the lines of uh, if God calls you to two vocations, they won't be at war. Right. Because again, God, God placed those desires in your heart for a reason, because he wants you to be happy. He wants you to be who you were meant to be. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, so if it's both uh, uh, an amazing cook, restaurant owner, but also, um, a faithful wife and mother, then those things won't be at war, right? They'll be complementary, and they'll make you more of who you are, and they'll they'll bring you more happiness. But happiness never means that th- there's no more struggle. I mean, so long as we're on this side of heaven, right? Um, the only mm-hmm. perfect happiness is attained in heaven. Yeah, I think that um, I'm I'm a part of the really rare side of. Disney fans that I, I find I do like I do like the sequels um, but but I think what you're talking about, about uh, I do it, no but it's important because it, it is there is more besides happily ever after like just because I'm marrying you know I'm, I'm getting married into this family does and I'm like yeah I get to be royalty no but aside from <laughs> aside from that I, I know that it's it's not I'm gonna be automatically fulfilled because of that like 
no offense to my future spouse doesn't like I'm he's not my end all be all you know and I he feel like be. he really shouldn't he's, be <laughs> he's great I'm I'm here for Meg I'm just lived kidding, with him for 26 <laughs> years no. <laughs> no but I think that's what what the world has I don't know this may be like part of the Disney effect of like you know we think that oh I have to have that accomplishment and that goal in order to be completely satisfied I think for me like I think the whole thing that teaches you about desire maybe it's just like in Rapunzel but I think it really teaches you that like not only is it like part of our humanity right like it's but like it naturally leads us to that curiosity like to see like what our desires are and what what they mean right so I think for me like that's the reason why I like Rapunzel so much is because I think about the sense that yeah she had this desire to leave her tower because I mean come on homegirl was locked up (laughs) but but she wanted to know like not only just see those lights but she wants to know like what they meant you know and I think that's really important in it because yeah she had this long journey but she wasn't doing it just to chase some like random lights she wants to know what the lights mean and why they fell on her birthday and I feel like that's a really important lesson for people when they're watching the movies that that our desires in itself like our desires aren't bad and they're not wrong but it should fuel that curiosity to see like what's more what's greater what's out there mm. you know and I think once we realize that we're not just chasing like a rainbow right where we never see the end once we know what's out there and that we know that we're here chasing heaven we see like a bigger part we see how everything kind of connects and i think that's really beautiful because even though disney may or may not have intended to give that message it's just part of it you know yeah yeah yay that's really <laughs> cool because I, I really think that um i think i have it this time but really what like like what you're saying that god really honors the desires of your heart and i think back to you know, childhood and how like our lives, you know, as you get older, and it's hard as like, as a kid, because you don't, you don't really see that. But but growing up, you start to see that as you continue to follow, you know, the, the true meaning what you're saving Cam of happily ever after of, of heaven, and your heart set on, on God and the overarching the deeper meanings of love, like going back to like, agape and, and and just like the true sacrifice that even that that Anna had and just like um how it can start with that desire that that was innately yours because of God because it was put there um is really special and I think um a lot of times as we when we become adults we get really jaded about our our desires and we don't want to listen to them um but how how faith has allowed us to reshape that in in our imaginations and you know that there are there's a lot of value to 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 these kind of fairy tale like stories because they um you know they they pull out that that childhood qual- that childlike quality um but can be evolved into helping us mature with the right lens with a spiritual guide probably <laughs> cuz there's no there's no curiosity there's no finding answers without curiosity and there's no curiosity without the wonder without the imagination mm. because Tiana like her her dream was very simple have a restaurant Rapunzel her dream was very simple find the lights and it kept evolving, like as they listened to that basic, de- that desire, that initial desire kept evolving into something greater, into into something more meaningful. Um, and, and then that desire led to them finding themselves. And that's like such a beautiful part about Disney princesses is that it's, it's not just about pretty dresses, even though target sales and so on say otherwise. Um, but <laughs> it's not just about pretty dresses or like a handsome prince, but it's like, this is how you find yourself. 
Uh, and that's such an important message for like women, no matter how old you are. Like we're like we're like in our uh, late twenties, nice young early adult twenties, <laughs> early late twenties. Uh, <laughs> um, sure, we are. <laughs> We're, we're like we're, we're young adult women and we're still learning <laughs> from these disney movies we're still learning we're still learning about ourselves we're still trying to figure out our desires like um when like i i'm shout out to the jesuits i go to a, i'm getting my master's degree from jesuits and hanging out with all my jesuit friends like the number one thing they tell me about vocation it's always like god listens to your desires and works with that um because those are desires god put in your heart and those desires you have you have to listen to them Maybe you don't always read them the right way, but you have to listen to them. So God bless the Jesuits for opening my eyes on that. <laughs> well, and I think the other end of that is that, you know, and, and this is why a lot of the princesses have a spiritual guide, right? Because there, it's, it is easy to listen to Target saying that the pretty dress is all that matters, right? But, um, but you know, going back to the quote of St. Catherine's, you know, like, if you are who you're meant to be, you'll set the world on fire. And God who gave us those desires, um, he reveals to us who we are. And so if we're if we're willing to go on this quest and walk with God, you know, in Gaudium at Sves 22, the church tells us that that. God reveals man to himself so that the more that we can know ourselves, the more that we come to know God, the more we can know ourselves, the image, right? The Imago Dei. Um, and the more we can actually recognize who we're meant to be and how we're going to be happy, because really we can only be happy if we're, we're who we're meant to be. Um, I think of like St. Perpetua, who uh, a martyr, in the early church, she was asked to renounce her faith for the sake of her son. And, you know, at the time Christians were still persecuted. And she said to her own father, you know, like, you know, as much as she loves her son, um, she said, well, look at that pot. Can it be anything other than a pot? And no, because it wouldn't, it wouldn't serve its purpose. And so she said, neither can I, I can't be anything other than a Christian. Otherwise I would be lying to myself. I, I wouldn't be happy. I wouldn't be who God meant me to be. And, and she couldn't deny that desire for her ultimate happiness when she knew that that lies in God alone. Mm. I think that was related. I can't remember. It is. And it takes us to, to what I wanted to talk about next. So we're looking at these desires. We're looking at every individual like person, every princess has their own desires that leads them to a meaning in their life that leads them to their purpose. All of us as women, any, all of us as human beings, we have these desires. And once we listen to them, once we listen to God, we find our purpose um, and then just keep evolving from there. And so because these Disney princesses desires are so different, they're all so different. <laughs> Distinct. Where's, the Where's, the Where's, the Where's the map? Where's the map? Where's the map? Where's the magical map? So I love magical maps. All these Sorry. Disney princesses are so different, even to the point where the, how they became Disney princesses. This brings us back to the would you rather. There's the ones that are like from a lineage, a royal lineage. There's some that just earned the title of princess. Maybe not in that world, but in our eyes as the, if we break through the fourth wall, in our eyes as the audience have given them this title of Disney princess. So Disney actually has, and Amber's aren't going to be our expert here, Disney has a list of qualifications. What makes a Disney princess a Disney princess? <laughs> like even the ones that aren't actual princesses. So Amber, 
So our Disney princesses, um, to, to from what we know, the official Disney princess franchise, and like why when you look up on on Disney Plus, Disney princess, and they're only the specific princesses. Um, so Disney has a specific set of qualifications for their princesses, um, aside from the fact that they need the movie to be successful. Um, <laughs> you know, having doesn't hurt. <laughs> it doesn't hurt. Um, but they have these these key characteristics of you know having kindness, having um, you know practicing virtue, or they were able to show that they're heroic in some nature, um, and they they exuded some type of grace in their story. So. And so that leads to why there are certain Disney princesses that are considered Disney princesses by category in terms of merchandise, but also like in terms of the <laughs> eyes of, of, of our people. Uh, why, why, why people like Meg isn't necessarily a, a princess, but we consider a princess because she falls under um, those qualifications. Uh, we'd say that Jane from Tarzan isn't quite a princess, but she follows under those, those qualifications. And the only reason why that Jane is not a princess is because she looks too much like Belle. And she has brown hair and has a yellow dress. How dare! They didn't want the girls to be confused. But they have so much in common. Tarzan's like a little monkey person, and <laughs> raised by gorillas. a beast. <laughs> and she liked to read. She liked to study. You know, so they are very similar. But even like like Kita, you know, wasn't able to be one from Atlantis. Kita wasn't because when when Atlantis came out, it was like really controversial, like culturally, but also like so like what Kita was wearing too. They didn't um, like it. Like even Ariel, like in the early eighteen eighty nine, is that when we're making out? Yeah. Is that the eighties? Mm, let's find out. But when when Ariel came out, like like really conservative Christians and Catholics were against it because of her costume. Um, so she wasn't allowed to be considered a princess i think the of course the other reason for disney you know why certain princesses were disney princesses is because of the specific lineage they were born as princesses or daughter of some kind of figure so like for example pocahontas is the daughter of a chief moana also daughter of the village chief in line to be chief in line to be chief um so there's like that leadership quality as well leadership quality yeah yeah, I think it's the idea that they have to just because I was looking this up and it was saying that like yeah you have to be born royal, marry a royal, or do a great deed, and that's how like go. Mulan falls in that category, is because like she didn't come from a royal lineage, and I mean Shang was cool, but he wasn't like royal cool. <laughs> but the I mean, general she did save son? China. Shang and Shang. But she did save China. She did save China. She didn't need China. the man at the end. She didn't. That's just that's throwing that out. And there. we're just gonna put it out there. Mulan's pretty great because she got rejected by him, and her first thought was like, "Wait, when did she I get rejected?" Well, no, technically, because well, she he kicked her out of the. Uh, of yeah, the when army. he kicked her well, out, yeah, because he, he didn't know help. she was a one, or you know, well, no. Okay. <laughs> My thing is the that only thing that helped him realize she was a woman was the boobs under the bandage. <laughs> <laughs> that's it. Exposed. Apparently, nothing else. <laughs> Clued him in. I think for me, what got me was the fact that like she didn't question it for a second. She was just like, "Oh no, he found out his girl. You didn't care the fact that he saw your bandaged chest. I mean, I know you were covered, but like, girl, she, she was she, like she delirious. Like yeah. she was like just fresh. Come on, wounded. man. There was an avalanche. There were bombs. Like, like for something. Fighting the huts. Come on, come on. <laughs> she was just she was a woman. I mean, that's, that's oh, you have to be human she, or human like human or human. Yeah, so, yeah. You have to be human. You have to be female. Your film must be successful. Wait, so Nala's not, oh, Nala oh, okay, is not considered sense. a Disney princess. Yeah. 
She's not a human. Tinkerbell is not considered a princess because she has her own successful franchise. <laughs> she doesn't need to be called a princess. She doesn't need to be a princess. The fact she that there's need. still Tinkerbell movies coming out, I'm like, you go, girl. Go ahead. You just and went TV from just a pixie that people use to like having your own franchise. Like, do your thing. Tinkerbell got me a little upset, though, because I know I could never pull off a pixie cut. But, you know, that's another story. <laughs> she got a bun on it, though. So it's not a full pixie cut. Mm, she got that. Yeah, you're right. It's only she called a pixie cut because things. she's... Anyways, the other pixies do. Pixie? <laughs> Let's not generalize We're pixies. pixies. I'm We're so pixies. sorry. They have different hair. <laughs> They do. And they all have different 2020. We can have a whole thing on. Anyways. Uh, so obviously we're upset that there's some people that aren't considered Disney princesses, right? Um, and so there's these qualifications. Cam, if you want to like reread all of them. Um, and afterwards, let's talk about what we think the qualifications should be. So Cam, really quick, just say it again. Drop it all. So the three necessary criteria are that they must be human must be female, and the film must be successful. And then the three optional criteria, because it can vary between which princess, is you have to be born royal or marry a royal or do a great deed. I really like that because, okay, I was part of the group that before would say, well, technically Mulan's not a princess. You know, like, technically, <sighs> like, you know, like, I mean, if you think about the word princess, right, like, you have to be royalty. But... Um, but I really like that because you think about, like, they're all princesses because even as women, like, you know, you, I always wonder, like, when as a little girl, girls want to be princess, like, if, if you wonder how they get that idea of becoming, of wanting to be a princess, and you could say, oh, well, that's just a Disney influence or whatever, but no, I think it's just a natural desire that we want to be, you know, upheld with a great dignity because that's that's very particular to women who who want to be um a desire to be loved they want to be they want to feel chosen oh, yeah. they want to be a beloved beloved they want to be the beloved yeah. Well, yeah so i think that that's even without disney i feel like it's a very feminine desire to want to be loved in the way that princesses are loved so much <laughs> like um mm -hmm. you know like and they want to be revered Adriana, there's also guys like that have you watched emperor's new groove i think <laughs> i think he should be a disney princess <laughs> uh no he's a disney diva <laughs> There's a difference. It's a Disney llama. Diva, yeah. Diva is a different, yeah. I don't know. I want to be a princess because I'm in it for the crown. Like, let's be real. The crown and all <laughs> the crown is heavy, though. Your crown would have sprinkles, and that, That's what I like about that optional definition. I think it should be a requirement that they should be either of royalty, marry royalty, or do something heroic. Because that's the part of being a princess that I think little girls need to hear mm -hmm. that you don't just need the dress and the crown to be a princess like you do something heroic that makes you a princess um and, and you know like obviously it's like god god naturally even before we're born we're a princess um but also like i've always been a big subscriber to this quote that deacon bobby would always say at our church um i, I forget where he gets it from but pray as hard as you work and work as hard as you pray is that uh saint Augustine? Is it St. Augustine? No. Fact check before Father Rosh checks us. <laughs> <laughs> so like I've always been the kind of person where it's like work like pray as hard as you work, work as hard as you pray. Um and so like that's a like an important part of the definition too, because 
maybe there are little girls out there that feel like they can't just be a princess that they they have they have this restlessness to do something too um and so I, I like the idea that you you can you can earn that title without having the lineage of being a princess or having to marry someone like you can have that title on your own yeah that makes me think of the princess diaries because like you know like when Mia Thermopolis she realizes that she's a princess okay she's not actually technically she fits all of those things because she is a person yeah more so than the cartoon no but But she's it's live action sorry yes yes i know (laughs) um but, but in, in the Princess Diaries, where she learns oh, that she's a princess, you know, like her first thought is, I can't be a princess. I'm not, I'm I'm clumsy. I'm like, you know, my, my hair is too big. Like all these things, right? Like she, she at first, her idea of a princess is not her. <laughs> um, but later on, even when she does embrace that la- later on, you know, like she, she, um, she just, she, decides to use it you know for more than just the glitz and the glam like she she learns what it means to be a princess and then and then she um embraces that and then she becomes a great princess because she's so different because she 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 grew up not knowing she would be a princess and so she brings in this new thing and challenges tradition um for the better of of genovia (laughs) (laughs) and the part where like so i think it's in princess diaries too when she's like you know they're doing the parade and then everybody's making fun of the little girl and then she goes up to the little girl and and she has a little girl walk with her and she she tells them how they all can be princesses because it's true we can all be princesses yes and that's like the part where I mean, we've talked about this previously but looking at the idea of like dealings with injustice like that's that's something like that heroic action that dealing with injustices in in that princess's world or in our world in general is is a really key component that isn't in the official list but I think we could agree off of like what we've been talking about that that's maybe something that's on our list too is like it's like you see someone who's who 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 feels voiceless and feels helpless and using using your point of privilege to help them like that's that's fighting injustice and that's something that a lot of the princesses do is that they see someone who can't defend for themselves who can't speak for themselves um, and they step in and so so I I think Esmeralda should be a princess because of even though she didn't look like the part, but she was, you know, you know, looked down upon as as a gypsy, but she fought for the injustice of of people mistreating Quasimodo. And you know, like And her outfits were cute. And her outfits were cute. I love uh, the jewel tones. My first grade <laughs> costume. You're welcome. And but and I just <laughs> you know, just I think that key quality of to desire using your your royalty uh, to raise up others because I think there as it's interesting because you grow up loving Disney princesses and then you realize oh princess can have that negative connotation that oh I'm spoiled I'm a brat but there's also like I have to be able to acknowledge the goodness of of being being beloved because it's it's a good thing it's a good thing to to recognize that that part of of being so deeply and richly loved that's that's a good thing like we almost get fearful throughout our lives to to say that about ourselves like yeah i i can claim that i'm loved i can claim that i'm beautiful that internal battle like is that okay for me to say um and i i mean i think of my own you know my elementary school students that i i i hope and desire for them to to have like that kind of you know to know that they're loved that they don't have to be brats but they can grow up and you know experience virtue that like my role maybe not as a disney princess like dressed up in 
this, but as a teacher, that my recognition as a princess or daughter of God can help them realize that for themselves, um, I think is is really important to to have. I think another part of the the just you know the fighting for justice aspect is is that you know that 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 desire for justice that doesn't always mean saving the world, right? Because sometimes it really is just do you know if you think about what justice is, it's 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 not Working just for solidarity and and yeah and fighting, it, 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 the dignity in every person the dignity in every, every person, person and thing and it, and it's it's giving people their due and it and you know again not it doesn't have to be on this grand scale like justice begins at home you know and mm-hmm. um and so you know as as princesses as daughters of a king we we have to be faithful to our vocation our our current vocation right which is ultimately um, for us who are unmarried we are daughters we are sisters we're um you know we in our work spaces and all of that we we have to work for justice we have to uphold the dignity of all people we have to work towards the common good um and and we have to practice these virtues and and be um a witness to to the love that we experience that we receive um and all of that all of that is part of justice all of that is part of um who we are and who god calls us to be and how we become more of who we're meant to be mm-hmm. yeah i think also with the whole thing with injustice it's also like there's also i don't know if this makes sense but like that injustice like when people have that expectation right so like for example like when moana moana was told like not to go to, onto the water, right? Because it was such a bad thing. And it was like, she had to deal with that injustice, right? The injustice that like, oh, like, yes, her father had good intentions, that like, it was against his wishes. Like, yeah, she wanted to be on the water, but she really wanted to see what was beyond that line <laughs> because it was for her being selfless. Like, she really did care about the people on her island and she wanted what was best. And that- She wanted them to go back to their roots when she found out yeah. we're Voyager people. Like, my desire is not for nothing like yeah this is who we were meant to be yeah she wanted them to not only know who they were right but also like they knew that she did want them to be fed she did want them to be taken care of it wasn't like her whole mission in the movie was that oh she was just like this bratty little girl who yelled at her father on a boat (laughs) (laughs) but ultimately that was for the good of everybody right that that she did try to be obedient and she was responding to this this deeper desire and this deeper the call to do what was actually best for the people which was to to be a voyager you know like and to right the wrong that happened and to make amends with what's the name of the island yeah and even just going into the into how how she her sorry this is like another just tangent on moana but her recognizing tika like that that was actually tafiti and like returning the heart because she had just recognized who she was and then did the same thing for tafiti is like just my favorite scene plus the animation is just gorgeous but yeah. but let's be real that's like that's like what jesus be doing though right like he already recognizes us like, like i know your like, name like you may yeah, call like, yourself yeah. these other things people may get it mistaken but i know your name exactly like even when we're being brats even when we're throwing oh. a tantrum even when we're like no jesus this is not i don't want that i know what i want at the age of 16 mm-hmm. <laughs> but like, do you all those things like 
Jesus is here like, no, I'm here to restore your heart. Like, I think of, you know, we're in the Easter season and Mary Magdalene, when, you know, she she goes to the tomb and she looks for Jesus and she thinks that he's the gardener, but but she doesn't recognize him at first, but she she realizes who he is when he calls her name. Like, ah, because he knows her and by him knowing her, she comes to know him and it's just this beautiful exchange And that comes into the beauty of like the compassion you see in the Disney princesses, like what makes them different from the princes or the male figures in the movies is that they see something in people that no one else does, whether it's Rapunzel not being scared or the people in Ugly Duckling because she realizes or it's Snuggly Duckling, because she realizes they have dreams too. Or whether it's Moana seeing def- um, Takas, Tafiti, or whether it is, um, it's uh, Belle. Belle seeing the Beast or Jasmine seeing Aladdin. And so it's like, Diamond they see enough. things that other people don't because of their kindness and their compassion and because of their attentiveness to um, people individually and their dignity. I think that also speaks to their purity, too, because, like, their purity isn't, like, the idea of, like, okay, yeah, Snow White is white. We get it. Like, that's just part of, that's part of her name. We can't <laughs> like, do the German narrative. <laughs> like, right? But I think it also speaks to their purity, right? They're not clouded by everything else that people see. They're not clouded by those judgments. They're not clouded by what other people are thinking of them, right? Like, they see past it. They kind of see if, okay, yes, you're not, like, they truly do see the whole idea of like, you know, you don't hate the sinner, you hate the sin, right? They see past all of that to be like, okay, I want to see your heart. And at the end of it, that's really what pushes them along the whole movie because I guess we're going to bring it back to like, like Rapunzel, right? So like Rapunzel, like she saw all those people and was just like, okay, like I'm I'm not going to be scared because like these people, like at the heart of it, they have dreams and like, that common that common factor of like you have a dream i have a dream that brings them together that brings that inherent like desire for community and i feel like that's an important part of it too right so they're not just pure because oh they haven't done anything i mean that's easy to get mixed up with being naive they're not naive they just know what they're looking for yeah, I mean, they start out naive, but yeah, but like, I mean, like not to confuse purity with the classic conversation that that people like not to confuse purity with like the shame of like all that sexual discussion that's normally in Christian stuff. But there's the purity of like heart that is talked about in the Beatitudes. Mm, yeah, um, like that purity of like, we're not going to let our sin or your sin cloud the fact that we see dignity in you and we see you as a um, child of God. Mm-hmm. And I, well, and I think that that's a beautiful example of the feminine genius because uh, women particularly have the ability to do that because we're naturally maternal. Our hearts are naturally maternal and care and, and have a greater capacity to be compassionate for people and to see the vulnerability of people and and to pull out um, the goodness in, in people and focus on that. Um, and that's very particular to women. Um, and that's the, that's why, you know, like even even women who aren't, you know, natural mothers, women naturally have maternal instincts. Right. Spiritual motherhood. Spir- yeah. and spiritual motherhood is a real thing. I mean, that that's the whole vocation of religious women is that they are spiritual mothers. Um, and Ooh, it's why you got Mother's Day gift. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks, Kim. Oh, my heart. All right. So I 
think we're almost out of time, even though I would love to dive into the conversation. I know that in a lot of Catholic circles, the idea of feminine genius is kind of controversial to people, um, but the idea of femininity, that deserves an episode on its own. So if you would like to hear us talk more about Disney princesses and being Catholic and all, what all of that means, let us know in, in the comments, whether on Instagram uh, or Twitter or Podbean, whatever, whatever it is you use, let us know because we would love to talk about this and we will be back. We will. We will. That's right. And the so, Disney, the Disney sequel, you were, did not ask for, <laughs> <laughs> or maybe you did. Uh, so once again, thank you for joining us here on Truly Universal, making history. First all-female Truly Universal episode, um, hosted by me, Meg, one of the core members, uh, bringing back Cam and bringing in new voices, Amber and Angela. Thank you so much for joining us here today. Um, thank you for being a part of this podcast hope for more so god bless love you all love you listeners thank you for letting us nerd out about everything that we always do um love you all have a great day amen peace up truly universal is a production of urban picks all things to all theme song by demi guevara audio production by ethan co and outro song by chris Gabilis. you can find all of our content on our website www.urbanpicks.com slash truly universal. Please like and subscribe to us on wherever you get your podcasts. If you want to contact us, send us an email at trulyuniversal at urbanpicks.com. Thanks everybody. We'll see you next time.